1: Joined now by Secretary of Labor Gene Scalia. Secretary Scalia, welcome to the Hugh Hewitt Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be with you. You know, I'm so old that when you were in short pants, uh, your dad was very, very kind to me on the D.C. Circuit when my judge, uh, Roger Robb, was sick. He gave me a few cases to work on, so a I, I belated thank you. But it's, it's tough when you're talking to your old judge's kids and they're the secretary of departments. I got to tell you, it wears me down.
0: <laughs> I hear you, although, you know, you and I were both in the Reagan administration, so there you
1: go. Okay, so we're the same age. It's just, it, nevertheless, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's great to talk to him. Hey, uh, Secretary, I'm going to ask you about a very obscure thing, but it's so important that I'm going to ask you to explain to people why it's so important and then tell them why it matters what you did. The joint employer rule. California is becoming a desert for people to work in because our laws are so crazy here but what is the U.S. Department of Labor doing to at least make it possible for franchisors to keep their workforce in the field, not burdened by crazy regulation?
0: Well, we just adopted a rule uh, uh, to uh, make clear when two companies are, as you say, what we call a joint uh, employer. And, for example, it occurs, it occurs in the franchising context. And you've actually had a fair amount of litigation in California now where uh, the plaintiff's lawyers have said, oh, uh, you know, this uh, corporate head- headquarters of a fast food uh, restaurant chain, uh, you know, ought to be liable for whatever happens in all the franchisees all, you know, all around the country. That's very disruptive of the franchise business model. Um, and among other things, it makes it harder for uh, the franchisor, for these large companies to, you know, try to put in place some standards of good behavior for their franchisees, like saying, hey, you guys got to have a good sexual harassment policy. So, our rule clarifies this area and um, it, it puts forward a very simple uh, four part test uh, that uh, companies can uh, uh, apply to see if they are the joint employer and uh, therefore they've got responsibility for wage hour obligations. Uh, and, and it should also reduce litigation uh, brought against deep pockets in circumstances where that's unwarranted. It uh, reverses a very aggressive approach that. Uh, the Obama administration taking this area, which is, in fact, similar to what you're seeing in California.
1: Now, uh, Secretary Scalia, this is one of the reasons that people do not understand. We have 3.5 percent unemployment. So I'd like to expand. have you expand on why 3.5 percent unemployment is so stunning. And I, I say this almost every day. Not in my lifetime. I'm 63 years old. Not in my lifetime have we been at 3.5 percent unemployment. And it's not going up. And that means we have a full employment economy And I think it's because of the regulatory burden that you and others have been working so assiduously to reduce.
0: Uh, Absolutely agree. Uh, Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney and I have a piece today in the Wall Street Journal talking about this, talking about the joint employer rule and talking about how it's just uh, the latest example of deregulatory steps this president has taken to... Uh, you know, free up the economy, uh, create jobs. And let me give you some perspective on that uh, 3.5% number. You don't need it, but I think a lot of people do. Um, You go back to the summer of 2016, the Congressional Budget Office said that today they estimated we'd have 4.9% unemployment, but we're at 35 which is a 50-year low. The other thing they said, by the way, back in August of 2016, they said uh, the economy will add... Uh, 1.9 million jobs by 2020. We added 2.1 million just last year. Again, they said 1.9 by 2020. The president, uh, you know, since President Trump came in, we've added 6.7 jobs. We added 2.1 just last year. So that's context for you, just how extremely well the economy is humming right now. And that's deregulation. It's tax cuts, too, obviously.
1: Now, Secretary Scalia, I am concerned about one thing. I'd like to have your opinion on it. And that one thing is there is a small threat that Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren could become president of the United States. They are socialists. And and God bless socialists all over the world. They're well-meaning people, but they don't know anything about how free markets work. Do you think that will stop business expansion, even the 10 or 25% chance that they could defeat a president with 3.5% unemployment? Will that weigh on markets? Will it weigh on hiring? Uh,
0: If we have a president uh, who comes in and uh, reverses what this president has done with deregulation and tax cuts, there is, uh, in my mind, zero question that it will undo uh, the economic gains that we're uh, experiencing right now. And, you know, by the way... Uh, the people that are uh, gaining most right now uh, from this uh, job market uh, have been some of the lower income workers and, and also some uh, historically disadvantaged populations like African-American unemployment right now is is the lowest uh, ever recorded. Same with Hispanics. We hit all time lows last year and wages are rising faster among lower paid people than they are among higher paid people. So this is a very, very good economy for uh, middle class and for low income Americans, and it comes about from uh, these deregulatory, detaxing policies, the opposite. Of what some people are out there saying we should be doing.
1: I'm talking with Secretary of Labor Eugene Scalia about this incredible economy that we have. Now, Secretary Scalia, there is a class of people who have not benefited. They are the opioid addicted, they are the loss and the lease, they are the subject of Nick Kristoff and Cheryl DeWoo's new book, Tightrope. They, are, they need the low wage jobs with very few barriers to entry to exist. Do those jobs show in your statistics to be thriving? You know, when I'm in Northern Virginia, where I live, and I think you do as well, at least your family has for many years, you can't walk down the street without seeing help wanted signs. Everyone can get a job who can work, but that's Northern Virginia, Amazon effect, et cetera. What about in the rest of the country? Are entry-level jobs for low-skill, low-wage workers, do they exist in the numbers that we need?
0: uh, uh th- 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 there are jobs there um you know you see it in virginia uh i'm in uh, on my way to pennsylvania i'll talk to business leaders there and i think that i'll hear from them uh, similar to what i hear in uh michigan what i've heard in wisconsin indiana which is that uh, one of biggest is, uh, business's biggest concerns right now is just firing uh, just finding the workers. so they're hiring everywhere um but look opioids is a you know extremely sad A problem for individuals, families, and and communities. And the president recognizes that. It's something he's very focused on because of the personal toll, but also because there's still more we can do for this economy. And Hugh, you put your finger on one thing, very important, is addressing the opioid problem, because those are more people we can bring into the workforce, and by having the workforce we can better their lives. So that is definitely a focus.
1: Now, I also want to talk to you about so-called platinum health care plans. I grew up in a union town in Warren, Ohio. Everyone belonged to GM, where they worked for a steel company, and they all had a great plan, and they worked for 35 years, and they like their health care, and they want to keep their health care. Uh, Elizabeth Warren wants Medicare for All. You talk to a lot of people, as the Secretary of Labor, who are with the private sector unions. What do they think of Medicare for All? I think they like their health care plans. I think they want to keep them.
0: I think what we learned last time around was that uh, people do like the option of uh, keeping their health care plan. And, um, you know, we've got a, a great health care system in this country. Uh, the president is very concerned about the costs, uh, taking steps to uh, address that by enhancing competition. But, uh, again, uh, regulation is uh, almost never Uh, the the means by which you increase competition, reduce
1: costs. So, let's turn to the new economy. Let's turn to Silicon Valley. Um, I've gotten to know some of these people, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Peter Thiel, people who are at the front edge, the cutting edge of changing our economy. Is the regulatory structure of the United States prepared to deal with the new economic forces that have arisen as a result of the new technology? Do you think it's something that needs to be regulated, or do you believe it ought to be allowed to grow unhindered by the administrative state that that burdens so much of the old economy?
0: I think we need to take a careful look at it, Hugh. Uh, It it is uh, a very robust, promising, valuable part of our economy. Uh, but whenever we have a really you know powerful new sector, it, it makes sense to take a look and ask whether uh, there might be new responsibilities uh, for the government that can be uh, introduced in a measured way. So I don't want to try to lay out a policy prescription with you right now. Um, but look, you know, that, that's an exciting economy we have, but we also want to make sure that uh, people's individual rights and interests are Uh, being uh, respected uh, to the full
1: extent. All right. Last question has to do with the uh, the, the migration of people from the north to the south. It's very, very pronounced in the new census data that we've seen, the preliminary estimates of where the House of Representatives are going to go. A lot of it is driven, I believe, by uh, governments like California's, which have regulated their economies to near death. And they do not understand what they are doing. Are you engaging with state officials to try and explain to them why they need to deregulate their economy, not upregulate it like California is doing?
0: Um, I am. uh, The president is and the vice president is leading a task force on this. I uh, was in a meeting with um, a a number of governors back in December that the president and vice president uh, convened to talk about just this thing. You know, we've got this uh, terrific uh, nationwide economy brought about in part through deregulation. Uh, There's only so much that can be done at the federal level. Let's take some of these uh, good and important ideas and and see what we can do at the state level. And we've got a lot of governors who are doing that. One example is occupational licensing, which is a real burden, for example, on the spouses of people in the military. The the spouse who's in the military moves to a different state, and and then the the spouse who's not in the military has a hard time working because they don't have an occupational license. That's an area ripe for reform. We've got some states tackling it. And, and they're also taking efforts like the president's two-for-one requirement, right? For every uh, n- new regulation, there got to be two deregulations. States are looking at changes like that, too. And the president and the vice president are leading that charge.
1: Okay, I lied. Quick question in here. Uh, there is no worse <laughs> occupational licensing than in the teaching profession. It is crazy to me that an officer of the United States military cannot walk into any classroom in America and start teaching history, math, whatever they are. good. I, I know them. I know this group. Is there any effort, can you preempt um, teaching certification in a way that will empower those officers uh, and veterans to enter into classrooms?
0: Well, uh, you know, look, that's something that uh, Secretary uh, DeVos over at the Education Department has uh, primary responsibility for. But uh, we, we do need to look at uh, teaching as well as other areas to see whether there are times where we've got licenses there that, Again, you've got somebody coming out of the military or somebody who was qualified to teach in one state. Uh, do we really need to make them run all the traps that a brand-new person uh, you know, right out of college would have to run to get a teaching certificate? So it definitely needs a look.
1: Uh, Secretary Scalia, keep coming back. I love the regulatory stuff. I'll, I'll do deep dives with you all day. I'll send people over to the Wall Street Journal. And I think Americans care how do we keep what we've got, which is the best economy of my lifetime and yours. Uh, Secretary Gene Scalia of the Department of Labor, thank you.